Hello, welcome back to Building Blocks for a Biblical Marriage, our new podcast brought to you from Community Baptist Church. Uh, I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Varner. And I'm Allison. Allison is my wife. We've been married for 24 years, and we are talking in our new podcast about the importance of proper building blocks on a solid foundation. We talked last time about that foundation uh, as believers. It's Jesus Christ, and apart from building upon Jesus Christ, uh, marriages out there will will suffer loss anytime storms of life come their way. Uh, We're not saying that uh, someone can't have a happy marriage apart from Christ, uh, but we are saying they can't have a holy marriage apart from Jesus Christ. And ultimately, that happiness will be washed away uh, when that time comes and they step into eternity. And so as believers, uh, we believe this message is a message that the whole world needs to hear, and not just those in a Christian home or Christian marriage, uh, but this message is for everyone. Allison, let's talk a little bit about the importance of that. We said last time in our podcast that uh, our marriage tells a story. What did we mean by that? Let's kind of kind of recap that for those out there listening, and, and let's talk a little bit. Your marriage tells a story. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Why is the marriage of the Christian home supposed to be different? Talk about it. Tell me. Let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, yeah. So I know you're going to be reading it here soon, mm-hmm. but it's all there in Ephesians 5 where Paul says it's a great mystery. Um, I don't remember exactly how he says it, but anyway, that it's a picture of Christ and the church, the bride, the groom and the bride. And so our marriage is supposed to reflect that to the world because that's what it was designed for. And so the reason why you and I are are talking about this is because first and foremost, uh, as believers, we have been commissioned uh, to spread the good news of Christ. And as a married couple, two people becoming one, uh, our marriage is a reflection of that gospel. Our marriage tells the story of the gospel. And the question is, what is our marriage telling folks? Uh, Is it one of unity? Is it one of division? Is it one of strife? Is it one uh, where uh, they see two people walking in two separate paths? And so we want to challenge our listeners out there to think about that in your context. Uh, Your spouse, you, uh, are you kind of marching to your own drumbeat? Are you doing your own thing? Because I don't see that in Scripture. I, I don't see that as a married couple that we are to be separate in our mission. Uh, Again, our mission is that our marriage is a picture of the gospel and tells the story of the gospel. We get this in Ephesians 5, and most folks pick up in Ephesians 5.22, where it speaks of wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. 
In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and this is what you were referencing. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. There it is, in black and white, straightforward. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, uh, here again, what are we to take away from this? Our podcast is supposed to be about edifying, building up, helping folks out there. So no doubt people may be out there struggling in their marriage. Maybe they got a great marriage. Maybe their marriage is, is one that is um, full of happiness. How does this help? Whether you're struggling, whether you're content, uh, what's the takeaway when we look at Ephesians 5 and we understand this very important building block? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that. How, how is this helpful? Yeah, so, you know, in our first one, we kind of talked about the the houses, you know, the, the uh, neighborhoods where you can get lost trying to find your own house because yep. they all look the same. But the church is made up of all kinds of various personalities, gifts, those type of things. Marriages are no different. Hmm. That mission is the same because Christ is the head. Um, I kind of wanted to piggyback on that as far as, you know, for husbands. If our marriages are a reflection to the world of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So for you as a husband, what what does that look like for you? For me as a husband, as far as in what? In yeah, in reflecting the Christ gospel. And, yeah. Yes, yeah, in your great. marriage. Yeah, so good question. So again, as I, I read it here, I'm supposed to love you as Christ loves the church and gave his life for her. So right from the start, my love for you is that of a sacrificial love. But I think it's easy to kind of go there, but not take into consideration uh, really what Christ did, um, I mean, he emptied himself. He completely took on the form of a man. We're talking the creator of the universe, the one who is almighty, the the one who spoke in the universe leaped into existence. And yet he took upon the form of a servant and was obedient in submission to the Father's will. And we see that in the life of Christ that um, he was submissive. Not my will be done, thy will be done. And so for me loving you, a lot of times that means I too must die to self. What does God want me to do in this marriage? Hey, I may you know, want to go hang out with the guys uh, for the weekend and, and, and go fishing or, or on a hunting expedition. Uh, but you know what? What's that going to do spiritually for my family? Is that what I need to be doing every weekend? Uh, it may be that I, I need to think about it from the father's perspective. What's best for me? Maybe that trip's not best for me. Maybe what's best for me is to stay at home and spend some time cultivating my family, uh, 
in spending some time growing them in relationship uh, in the things of Christ. And so, uh, again, just just one thought, one example. Um, uh, how about you? What about your role as a wife? What what is something that helps in in that in that picture of the gospel? Yeah. <clears throat> well, immediately, you know, everybody likes to pick out that you know, um, wives submit to your own husbands. That like automatically is like the thing people think of for wives in a marriage. At least the women do. You know, in my mind, yeah, I do like you know you that's Im- immediately thinking of a negative. But we kind of talked about last week, you know, if Christ, like in Ephesians 5, 1, if you back it up even further, Mm -hmm. he says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Mm -hmm. So if I'm supposed to be, as a believer, an imitator of God, what does that look like for me as a wife? Right there, verse 22. Submit to my own husband. Not to everybody's husband. <laughs> to my own husband. Um, as to the Lord. Jesus is that example for me as a wife. If I'm supposed to imitate Jesus, he was a submissive person. He mm-hmm. willfully yielded to the Father. He That didn't make him lesser of a of God, lesser... You know, in value, he's equally God as the Father is. Mm-hmm. He's exactly the same in, in essence, in value. But his purpose was different. Okay. His, his responsibility was different. But without that responsibility, there is no gospel. Mm. So for me as a wife, to to really understand what that looks like in the gospel should be so freeing for me as a wife that it is not lesser. It is not, I'm not a doormat. I am not subservient to any person. I am not lesser than you just because my responsibility looks different in function. Um, um, let's see. Okay, let me let me just keep going there. Okay. He says in verse 24, but as the church is subject to Christ... So also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Okay, that's another biggie. For me, when I put on those scriptural glasses to be subject to Christ. Now, when you think about the gospel, it's Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. In that scenario, the church should never tell Jesus what to do. Okay. Okay. This is the difference between these prosperity people who think your words can somehow magically tell, command Christ or the Holy Spirit what to do so, for me. Okay, so that no is, name it, claim it. No blab, blab it, grab it, grab it. it. No, none I of that. You. Okay. I, as a believer, should never tell Jesus what to do for me. Okay. Translated in marriage, should I have the freedom to tell you what I need? In marriage, absolutely. Certainly. And we do in prayer and to the Father. And we do in prayer. You have not because you ask not. That's right. You ask uh, because, and, and you don't receive because you ask amiss. Uh, yep. Again, a lot of times what we want isn't what's best. And so even in our That's prayer right. life, we should understand this. Okay, I'm yeah. following you. Go ahead. Yeah. Even in you know, Christ himself did not tell the Father what he was going to do. Right. Okay. He didn't say, Father, this is what I'm going to do. And basically, I'm... 
I'm equal as you are, and right. basically, you know, step off. Mm-hmm. He didn't say those things. His attitude was not in that way either. You notice he did not say step off. <laughs> he did not. Did not see that. That's not even in the Yo Rap version. <laughs> should land down some knowledge here. Oh, my goodness. You're so crazy. you talked a little about in submissiveness, and you make a good point. It, the difference between essential equality versus functional equality mm-hmm. Because we live in a time, and it's highly charged even in the church today. A lot of our folks out there maybe uh, come from an egalitarian worldview or a complementarian worldview. And some of you folks are saying, what in the world is he talking about? Uh, Again, um, some man-made words, right? And both categories uh, have been defined by man and man's wisdom. But when we look at the scriptures and just simply read the scriptures, uh, it's very clear. Just as you've pointed out, within the Godhead, there is equality. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Co-equal, they are essential in equality. However, no one would ever doubt that there is a difference in functional equality. Mm -hmm. Uh, They function different, though they're equal. And so what you're saying, what we're saying, is that in a marriage, when it comes to this a uh, taboo subject of submissiveness. Woman, you submit. I'm your Lord. <laughs> First off, if a guy is using that kind of language, <laughs> no. Uh, he's not reading the scriptures um, and taking out from the scriptures what's being uh, laid down by the scriptures. So he needs to step off. <laughs> uh the scriptures are very clear that the man's not to lord over uh, his wife. And so when we bring up the the topic of submission, a lot of folks, uh, again, they, they have already meaning poured into it that's not meaning that they draw out from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Submissiveness is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, the scriptures tell us that we all have a functioning submissiveness Right, mm-hmm. My job as your husband is to submit to the will of the Father as Christ submitted to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. I need to, and as I pointed out in the illustration a little while ago, am I, am I allowing Christ to have preeminence in my decisions? Mm-hmm. Or, or am I putting myself first? You know, am I taking that trip uh, with the guys on the weekend for, for a little you know, getaway, hunting, fishing trip? Again, not, not saying there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but it is there is something fundamentally wrong when others are getting uh, my attention more so than my family, even more so that when it's self that's yeah. desiring to do these things uh, at the expense of what's best for you and my family. Mm-hmm. So this is how we model uh, and imitate God in reflection in our marriage. This is how our marriage tells the story of the gospel. These are practical ways. Uh, so, so what else then? Uh, as far as uh, we, we talk about this in Ephesians 5, and we see uh, there is another point here that says, uh, if we continue on reading in Ephesians 5, you, you talked about being in imitators of God as beloved children, walking in the love as Christ loved but us, Gave himself up for us, right? A a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That's our life, whether you're a wife, submitting to the husband, whether you're a husband, leading with the love of Christ, not lording. Um, Verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence Mm -hmm. for Christ. See, this idea of submission plays out in a marriage in differing ways. Uh, 
So what does that look like? You talked about the church doesn't tell Christ how to run things. Um, so what about, though, in our marriage? How does Christ, staying with the, the, the analogy here that Scripture gives us, uh, the example Scripture gives us, how is Christ submitting to the church? What are some ways that we see Christ showing an area of uh, functional uh, submission? How how is he how yeah. is that playing out in, yeah. in Christ's role to the church? What might be an area? Yeah, well, you pointed out earlier the prayer. Okay. Okay. Clearly, he he asked us to pray. He wants us to pray. He showed us how to pray. Yes. And he listens to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He delights in us coming to him. In right. fact, he also, uh, Scripture tells us that uh, he makes intercession. The Holy Spirit makes intercession mm-hmm. on our behalf, right? Yeah. Uh, Christ intercedes uh, in Revelation. It speaks of uh, even though we have an accuser who accuses day and night, Christ is our advocate. Yeah, uh, He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he makes intercession. So so there are ways, again, as, as a... Um, as the head of the church. Mm-hmm. And so how important is it for me as a husband? When I look at this Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Mm. Now see, my dying to self isn't just for self, right? My dying to self is for your sake. That's right. My responsibility in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, is that in that I might help you in your sanctification. It says, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Christ, when he prayed on behalf of the church and in the disciples that he had, and you find this in John uh, 15, and abiding in Christ, you see the John 17, and he talks about, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And yet here I see as a husband that the way I'm supposed to love you as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for, that in that purpose in dying to self, it's for your sanctification. And the way I'm going to do that is by giving heed to to the word. Um, And it says in verse 27 in regards to Christ in the church, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So we talked about last time in our marriage, my goal as a husband is not just our happiness. All right, We have a lot of happiness. I believe that happiness though overflows. uh, Blessed is the man, happy is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. When I fill my heart, when I fill my home, when I fill my head with the Word of God, when it's a central theme, I, I eat, sleep, walk, talk, uh, the Word of God is central. Mm-hmm. That overflow is a blessing to my home, to my wife, to my family, to my church, to my community, to the lost man. So, uh, and again, let, let's... You know, I don't want anybody out there getting the wrong idea. Oh, he's, he, you know, he's some, some, some holy roller. Um, you know, we should desire to be more holy rollers, I guess you could say. In other words, the way I roll uh, should be holy. <laughs> I should be set apart according to what Scripture says. My life, your life, our marriage should look different than the world's marriage. Talk about that. Why is this important 
Why do we see this here in the passages in the Word of God in Ephesians? And what else are we to, mm-hmm. to take from this, glean well, from this? You had talked about, you know, dying to self. You referred mm-hmm. to that several times. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus didn't die for himself. He, he didn't that's have right. to do any of that. It's true. He was totally perfect. Yeah. It was yeah. for the will of the Father mm-hmm. and for us. We could not do it. We could not do it. So, you know, when a husband or a wife mm-hmm. dies to self, it is in submission to the Father, absolutely, and for others. It, you know, I, I think in our own personal life, when we had our fourth child, you know, we had to go in for an emergency C-section. Yes. There were things that I physically could not do after having surgery. Mm-hmm. You had to do them for me. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you willingly did that. I'm sure that was not your favorite thing to do. You know, you didn't want to have to do the things to take care of me physically, you know, um, but you did those things. Absolutely. And it was not for yourself. Right. Okay. Parenting is no different. Okay. Parenting is no different. There are times, I know there's plenty of moms out there of babies and, you know, going through, we had four in diapers. We were just talking about this the other day. Mm -hmm. I think we spent money eight years on diapers and pull-ups. There's a lot of diapers. That was a ton. That's a lot of pull-ups. And I'm not talking (laughs) those kind either. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, God made us parents. Yes. And that entails changing diapers and taking care of physical things that, in all honesty, they are not fun. Nope. Nobody likes to change a diaper. No, Nobody. No. It's, Especially it's those not, ones that where they've been in the car seat like all uh, day. And you wondered through, if, yeah, yeah, some of it might have even gotten on the, oh, the liner of the, of the vehicle. It's bad. You know those kind. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't do that for myself. Like no. I didn't change those diapers no. for my own self. No. Hey, I enjoy this. Let's scrub a little <laughs> a hiney warm, today. A warm, fuzzy feeling. Right. Oh, it right. just feels, I get no, goosebumps having to do it. Yeah. No. That's but just you love I, your family. That's right. Yeah. And, and God called me to be a parent to those children. And, and that encompasses a, a whole lot of things. And so you're willing to make those sacrifices. That's right. You're willing to wash those heinies. That's uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in the same way, husbands should love their wives mm-hmm. as their own bodies, mm-hmm. right? Um, that part we do understand. Uh, he, he goes <laughs> on and says, he who loves his wife loves himself. Now, we don't have a problem with loving ourselves, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Uh, in fact, that, uh, again, goes back to a little bit of what we talked about in our last episode. Self is the problem. And so oftentimes in our marriages, we are selfish in nature. I want you to do what I want you to do. We talked about wives are warring amongst you, Mm -hmm. right? James talked about this. And so we talked about this last time. Mm -hmm. Go back and check that out. So here, though, we see this utilized in a positive, right? In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. I was saying, I was just thinking the other day to myself, we, we, we love ourselves, right? That's the problem too much oftentimes. Self is at the center of our universe. And this is what in marriages, time after time after time after time, the reason there's fights, the reasons there's strife, the reasons why people aren't getting along or they can't seem to get it together, it's not the finances, all right? That's just a symptom. It's not that job or the fact that my husband got laid off and he can't, again, it's not, if you know, all these kids and screaming kids and whatever we're saying is the problem. That's not the problem. 
The problem that we think is the problem is not the problem. The real problem is my inability to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's the problem because self's at the center. So how do I die to self while at the same time recognizing that it's important that I love you transfer that that idea of loving self because I do love self. You love self, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Self-preservation Absolutely. is a big topic today in, in the mental health realm, right? Uh, though it's not biblical. Uh, a great article today I read uh, about the, um, uh, again, making sure that we're getting our theology uh, from the Bible, not the therapist. And so here the Word of God says, I am to transfer that love of self to you. Um, that looks different. That's the sacrificial love we see in Christ. Mm-hmm. When Christ leaves everything, right? Takes on the form of a man yeah. and even became humble to the point of death mm-hmm. on the cross. Yeah. Wow. And how countercultural mm-hmm. that is. Yes. That truly is how uh, biblical marriages reflect the gospel. Because look in our society today. It is all about self. I want you to call me what I want to be called. Oh, yeah. Pronouns. Yeah. Or, no, I want you to submit to me because Mm. whatever whatever reason, it's all self-centered. It is. Yeah. And that is truly how Christian homes reflect the gospel in a society today like it is. There's divorce is just rampant. It's yeah. even in Christian homes, quote unquote, Christian homes. Mm. Yeah, not 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 any different in the not statistics. Not any different. And why is that? Uh, Liberty University did a study years ago. I'm probably going back to it's been 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 a long time. And one of the things that they did in the survey, they talked about they surveyed uh, believers, professed believers. And how many of them were doing certain things in their home? Were they praying together? Were they reading the Word of God together? Were they attending worship services more than once a week uh, together? Did they eat at the dinner table together a certain number of times per week? And these were, and then was there a Christian service, an outlet? Were they serving Mm -hmm. within the local church? Uh, and exercising their spiritual giftedness. And of those five key things, when homes, husbands and wives were were saying that they were doing these things in their marriage and in their homes, less than 1% of those homes ended in divorce. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Did you get that? That's a game changer. You mm-hmm. see, what I find is happening is... We have a lot of professed believers, maybe very few who are possessed believers, but even the ones who maybe uh, are uh, born again on their way to heaven, love Jesus, they tend to love self a little more than they love their Savior. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. And so if we're going to be imitators of God, our marriages need to tell the story of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, we got some work to do. In our homes and our marriages. Yeah, let's. Can we just touch on the one other thing? While as you were talking, mm-hmm. it just hit me that um, another way marriage reflects the gospel. If we're going to be imitators of Christ, mm-hmm. we Christ did not forsake us. Right. Okay. He's committed to us. Yes. Nobody is going to snatch us out of His hand. Right. There's a commitment there. Huge. And so, just yes. talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of homes ending in divorce. Why? No commitment. Again, I want the benefits of my salvation. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that it doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. God's not going to forsake yep. me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Uh, and so uh, not only do we have this problem in marriages of <clears throat> professed believers, you let someone wrong you in a marriage. You let someone uh, you know, somehow fall short. And now all of a sudden, there's a uh, there's a wall of separation built up. Yet Christ <laughs> tells us in the scriptures that he tore down the wall of separation between the Jews and the Gentile. He's bringing folks together as one. And yet you and I, as a husband and wife, uh, again, you let something come between us. And, and instead of uh, building bridges, we're ready to build fences. Yeah. And we see this a lot of times in, in marriages and when we do our marital counseling. And it baffles me that... People want the commitment Christ committed to them. They don't want the commitment to Christ of the five things we talked about a little while ago. They don't want to practice those things in their home. They don't want to develop those disciplines, spiritual disciplines, to help them actually grow as newborn babes who should desire the milk of God's word and begin to mature in their faith. And part of maturing is understanding commitment. I'm here for you, better and worse, Mm -hmm. sickness and in health, richer, poorer. Commitment is all about that. And I'm sure thankful that God doesn't abandon me when I uh, fall short of meeting uh, the expectations that he has laid out for us in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so why should I... Um, abandon you yeah. when you don't live up to my expectations, which by the way, that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. If I'm expecting you to live up to my expectations, yeah. I've got a wrong understanding of yep. my role as a husband. And that's something else we should probably talk yeah, about. That's selfishness. It is. That unrealistic, who are you? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who am I as a sinner? Mm. Who am I to put unrealistic expectations on you that are not sinful? Right. Not sinful. We're talking preference things. We're talking, I'm not talking abuse. I feel like I've got to throw that in there. You know, we're not talking about physical abuse or whatever. Those things are for your safety, your children's safety. Abuse is abuse. The word abuse is abuse today. That'll be another topic another day. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, so, so go on with that. Who who are you? Who am I? Um, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So you said it so well. Like I, I want the grace, but I don't want to give the grace. Right in our you marriages, know, or anybody. Right, or or in life. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I want that stuff. Right for me. Right. If, when I make a mistake or I mess up, oh, I want forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But it, it's hard for me to extend it sometimes. So here again. Uh, when our marriage tells the story of the gospel, yeah. there ought to be a clear narrative, and that should be one of forgiveness. Yeah. If you're not able to forgive in your marriage, you have a, a, a fundamentally wrong understanding of what the gospel is all about. Mm-hmm. While I was dead spiritually, 
By the way, dead people can do nothing. They're dead. While I was dead in my trespasses in sin, yep. right? The Spirit of God draws me, quickens me, awakens me. I have new birth. By It's by grace through faith that I've been saved. Yeah. It's nothing I've done. It's not on my works. I can't yeah. boast. I can't brag about it. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm sure grateful for the grace, right? That unmerited favor that God has given to me. Yeah. And while I was his enemy, he loved me and demonstrated his love for me yep. by dying on a cross. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't contingent upon your performance. Right. Because there's no way no. we could ever. No. I, first off, yeah. I couldn't do anything yeah. because I'm spiritually dead. But even if it were, I, yeah, I cannot, um, I can't meet that standard. Yeah. Only Christ can meet that standard. And so why are you asking your spouse to meet a standard uh, that, that's not um, the standard that God expects yeah. of them? And so what's happened is in homes like that, a husband or a wife has taken the place of God in that marriage. Mm-hmm. And so true. if I'm holding you to my standard, well, this is what I expect in my home. This is what I expect. I have, in essence, taking, I'm taking the seed of God mm-hmm. and, and ask, and, I'm, and that's, that's that forbid in scripture for me to lord over you yeah. uh, if you're taking that position in our marriage yeah. that somehow you know you would love me you would give me what i want if only i would do this mm-hmm. or if only i would do that differently yeah that's not a picture of the gospel that's right and so if we're going to understand and want our marriages to grow we have to grow in our understanding of grace yeah. and the knowledge of christ yeah i've heard it said uh, in another study we did one other time that you know, Christians should be professional forgivers. Amen. Like we should be professional grace givers, mm-hmm. mercy givers, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. We right. should be the best at giving yeah. grace, yeah. mercy, forgiveness, and especially to our spouse. Certainly. We're supposed to be one. Well, Allison, you just don't know, though, what my marriage is like, some out there may say. You don't know what I have to put up. You don't know the abuse that I have to put up with. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to time out right here because, yeah. again, we're not trying to minimize. I recognize, oh, sure. first off, we need to say very loud and clear, mm-hmm. if you are in a truly abusive home, there is physical abuse, sexual abuse, yeah. there, is a, uh, there is a mental and uh, a spiritual abuse to the level that it's just uh, beyond words. Um, you need to get the help you need. Yeah. Especially on the physical. Oh yeah. Right there. There's this is a the uh, yep. there is no room. That's right. Uh, in that moment, uh, you can't offer. That's right. What's needed in that moment, you need to get away from that moment. That's right. And they get we can get some help. We can get a clearer picture. So uh, so what would you say to someone maybe out there who may be in such a physically mm-hmm. abusive home or situation? What would you yeah. suggest they do first? You need to leave. Yeah. I, Immediately, Immediately, you need to remove yourself from the physical yes. situation you're in. And your children, especially if you have children, you need Absolutely. to get out for their protection and safety. And there's plenty of resources out there. Yeah. And so get those resources involved. Again, part of what we will do as a spiritual advisor or counselor is once we get the help 
in there and accountability that's needed, then we can begin to put together the pieces. We yeah. can work on the forgiveness. That's but it's right. going to look different right. if you're in a situation where there's some physical harm happening. That's right. And so, again, first thing you need to do, get the help you need. Yeah. But a lot of the situations in Christian homes, this is not what we're talking about. That's right. You know, somebody may may be in a situation where they're, they're dealing with perhaps an authoritarian who who's... A uh, woman, get me my remote, or woman, mm-hmm. get my chips. You know, kind mm-hmm. of situation. Um, we need to be careful that we're not defining that yeah. as abuse, right. okay? Because again, when I think about the sins that I've committed before a holy God, mm-hmm. um, I'm thankful uh, He hasn't uh, left me, abandoned me, uh, because maybe in in my uh, walk with Him, uh, I've not necessarily. Uh, uh, been the easiest to get along with, right? So let's talk about that. We kind of kind of went off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I think we needed to. Uh, very important because we don't ever want to send a message right. that somehow it's okay right. to be in a truly abusive home. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about the marriage in its reflection? Because mm-hmm. in Ephesians 5, it closes out, and, and this sort of helps kind of bring it back into focus. Uh, Ephesians 5 closes... In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nurses and cherishes just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore, and here's where I want to pick up from, verse 31, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You talked about commitment. And you talked about you're thankful that God has you and there is nothing that Mm -hmm. can separate you from the love of Christ. He has you in his grip. And Romans 8 talks about this. Here I see a parallel Mm -hmm. when it speaks of leaving and cleaving and he shall hold fast to his wife. That's that commitment. And I should not let anything come Mm -hmm. between us in our marriage. That's right. What God has put together, let no yeah. man separate. That's right. Um, so what about that? We, yeah. we, us becoming one flesh. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah. It means all kinds of things. Okay. Physically. Yes. Spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we should be one in mission. Mm. You know, God has given us that mission. Right. If you tried to go off and do your own thing, and yet I said, well, no, God's called me over here to do this thing. Well, that's clearly not going to work. Okay. So you have to be of one mind. Absolutely. Yeah. One body. Like-mindedness. That's right. Uh, We are oftentimes in our own home, in our marriage, uh, we kind of know where our thoughts are going before the other gets there, right? I think that's that's important as well. Mm -hmm. Love and respect. Two key takeaways uh, that oftentimes have been said that uh, for a husband, love your wife is Christ. Love the church. Wives, respect your husbands. Well, he ain't earned it. What do you say to that wife out there who says, so what? he ain't earned it? The Bible says you have to. Hmm. You, you have to. You know, no different than a cop. You okay. know, there could be a cop that pulls you over who's a jerk. Mm-hmm. I've had a few his, of those. Yeah, Man. but his position. I had some good ones too, by the way. His position demands the respect. Right, right. The commander-in-chief 
Mm-hmm. You like him or you don't. Ooh, is you, irrelevant. You I'm sorry. You meddling. It's true though. Yeah, it's true. Doesn't matter who's in office. Doesn't matter who set up the office. God did. Yeah. So in your home, mm-hmm. who set up the order of the home? God did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, if I hear you correctly, it doesn't matter who your husband is, whether he deserves it or not. You're to respect him. Yeah. And that's easier said than done, for sure. Because hmm. I'm sure when you are, when you're not getting that back, you know, that is a difficult thing. But wow, are you being Christ like when you can show respect when they don't, when they don't hmm. earn it? Hmm. You know, um, it rains on the just and the unjust. Hmm. You know, um, God is no respecter of persons. Okay, but He expects us to be, in regards well, to to our marriages. Show favorites. Right, he doesn't show favorites. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and you've only got one husband yeah. to show favor too, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, submitting to your own husband, right? Yeah. Showing reverence to your own husband in regards. Uh, again, a tough topic. Maybe mm-hmm. something that we could delve in a little deeper at some point if folks would like for us to. Um, well, uh, again, this sort of is just the start of our conversations in regards to things of marriage. Maybe there's things out there folks would like for us to talk about. Uh, Again, we invite you to write to us, pastor at cbclagrange.org, pastor at cbclagrange.org. Let's talk about these things. Uh, Maybe you disagree with our take. Let us know, all right? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think, what you think. The question is, what does God say? And ultimately, that's, that's where we need to find that truth, His truth, the Word of God. What does the Word of God say in regards to these, these things when it comes to life, when it comes to our marriages? Our marriage is to tell a story. And according to the story of Scripture, we are living stones as believers in Jesus Christ. So, as living stones, go build something great.